Welcome. You are listening to the Park Avenue Synagogue Podcast, and this is Rabbi Elliot Cosgrove. While it's better to hear it live, this is a place to catch the latest sermon, conversation, and select program. If you like what you're hearing or want to learn more about our community, check out PASYN.org. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to get a notification for our next episode. Enjoy and see you in shul. Shana Tova. There's something I want to share with you today that you probably don't know about me. I almost didn't become a rabbi. It was the summer of 2001. I was reading a book about people making massive career changes, not because I was thinking about making one, but because it was written by a former CEO of a company I had backed in business. And I wanted to see how she was spinning her career change. In this book, she talked about how people made radical career moves, business people becoming writers and artists and more. And then, okay, I know this is going to sound really crazy, but it was as if God was speaking to me through the pages of the book. You see, one year before that, on the high holidays, I'd gone to services and heard a rabbi give a compelling sermon that brought me to tears. And there was a moment during that sermon I thought to myself, wow, what would it be like to be a rabbi? And of course, I immediately quashed that thought because, well, it was a crazy thought. How could I become a rabbi? I had an MBA, which certainly didn't qualify me for anything rabbinic. I had spent years building my career on Wall Street, and I had finally landed exactly where I wanted to be a co-founder in a small private equity firm raising a first-time fund. How could I be a rabbi? I was married with two young children. I was living a totally secular life, and my seven-year-old knew more about Judaism than I did. And then there was the problem of Hebrew. I had learned to read it poorly as a kid, but that was about all I knew. Like I said, crazy, right? but the crazy voice wouldn't go away. I had been working so hard to repress my crazy idea because deep down, I was just too scared to think about moving forward with it. I was afraid, make that terrified, of the reaction of my family. I was afraid of walking away from a hard-fought career. I was afraid of looking ridiculous. I was hugely afraid of public failure and humiliation. Fear. Looking back at my story, there were so many opportunities for my fears to have stopped me multiple times. It was not at all a foregone conclusion that I would be standing with you here today. And I shudder to think how close I came to almost denying myself my dream. Fear. It can hold us back in so many ways. The great Hasidic master, Rabbi Nachman of Bratzlaff, famously taught, the whole world is a very narrow bridge. Kol ha'ulam kulo gesher tsar ma'od. And the main thing is to have no fear at all. It's a song we sing often in our schools and in our services to remind us all that while part of being human is to experience anxiety and fear, we cannot let fear dominate our lives. We cannot let fear confine us to narrow places. 
To live fully, we must move past our fears. These high holidays are a time that ask us to courageously wrestle with our fears. Their very Hebrew name, Yamim Noraim, which can be translated as days of awe, are equally well translated as the days of fear. We often think of the high holidays as a time to articulate our heartfelt hopes for the coming year. But Rabbi Harold Kushner, one of the great rabbis of the conservative movement and the 20th century, who just passed away this year, suggests that it's also a day to acknowledge our deepest fears. Because the high holidays come to remind us every year that life is preciously short and that fear constricts our ability to live fulfilling our potential as human beings. According to Rabbi Kushner, in addition to the Ten Commandments, God gave us an Eleventh Commandment, the commandment not to be afraid, to miss out on life's many blessings. Heeding that Eleventh Commandment is the story of our leaders. Our narrative is one of embracing hope over fear, of moving forward toward a different future, scary as that may be, over staying mired in places that constrict us. From the very beginning, Adam was told, Lech lecha, go forth, leave your father's house, your native land, everyone and everything you know and love. Go, God told him, to a place that God would show him. Abraham had no idea what that might be and what that, might, what that place might hold for him. What could be scarier than that? But forth he went to create a new future for himself, for his family, and for the Jewish people. Doing so was, as he was assured, a blessing. I imagine Moses was leading a pretty cushy life as a shepherd, but he too heeded the call, hesitantly and with great trepidation at first, to upend his whole life, to take on a mantle of leadership and lead the Israelites in the face of great danger and challenges out of slavery to a place of freedom and possibility. There could perhaps be no more explicit example in our tradition of the consequences of choosing hope over fear than the story of the 12 spies. The Torah tells us that when the Israelites were on the cusp of entering the promised land, Moses sent a leader from each of the 12 tribes to scout the land. After 40 days, they returned with 10 of the 12 saying that Indeed, the land is flowing with milk and honey, but the people they dwell, that dwell there are too strong. They are like giants, and we are but grasshoppers. Their report incited fear and panic among the entire Israelite community, who proclaimed to Moses that even slavery would have been better than trying to enter the promised land. Only Joshua and Caleb, who were also part of that initial scouting party, did not fall prey to that fear. These people of the land are not to be feared, they said. God is with us. We need not fear them. Where others saw fear, they saw opportunity. Joshua and Caleb understood that there would be great challenges ahead, that the road forward would not be easy, but they also had the courage to fight for what they knew was to be their destiny. As a consequence, only Joshua and Caleb of that entire generation were able to enter the promised land. The rest were fated to wander in the desert for another 38 years until all of those who were afraid died off. 
And then there's the story of one of the most famous rabbis of the Talmud, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai. During his lifetime, he experienced the destruction of the Holy Temple, the devastation of Jerusalem, and the entire Jewish community at the hands of the Romans. Just when all seemed lost, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai found the courage to flee from Jerusalem and to lead his followers to Yavna, where he started anew. In Yavna, he succeeded in creating what would become the center of the rabbinic movement. In Yavna, he ensured the spiritual continuity of the Jewish people by imagining a new understanding of Judaism, a new kind of Judaism that would come to dominate Jewish history and continues to influence our Jewish thought and practice to this day. And so it has been for the last 2,000 years with great Jewish leaders and ordinary people like you and me, people forging new paths. People like Esther, who we read about on Purim, and who when told by her uncle Mordechai that it was likely at a time like this that she was made queen, at a time such as the crisis that threatened to exterminate all the Jews, she bravely faced her own possible death to save her people. Or Golda Meir, whose unrelenting courage and commitment was instrumental in the founding and survival of Israel. And of course, leaping past fear is not just a Jewish story. Look at Taylor Swift, who in 2016 was publicly bullied and worried her career might be over. She went underground for a year, suffering from a mass public shaming that proclaimed her canceled. But Taylor Swift reemerged stronger than ever reclaiming her narrative on her own terms. And then again in 2019, when her recording masters were bought and sold without her knowledge, she made the incredibly bold choice to leave her past behind and to re-record her albums, including one appropriately named Fearless. Her star power has now soared so high that her current Eras tour is breaking ticket sales and venue records worldwide and she has recently become only the second Spotify artist ever to have over 100 million followers. I'm not suggesting that fear is not real and not in fact a natural response that can be helpful in protecting us when we are in real danger. What I am suggesting, however, is that we need to think seriously about all the ways that fear can keep us from actualizing our destiny. Fear of change, fear of failure, fear of judgment, Fear of rejection, fear of uncertainty, these all can keep us locked in narrow places and in narrow lives. They can keep us trapped in jobs we do not like. They can confine us in relationships that don't allow us to grow. They can keep us from trying new experiences. They can keep us from pursuing our dreams. When we are very young, we dream big. We dream of, we dream of becoming astronauts and princesses and the president. And then as we get older, our dreams somehow get smaller. We say to ourselves, that's not realistic. I can't do that. That's crazy. But what we are really saying is, I'm afraid of putting myself out there. I'm afraid of not being good enough. I'm afraid of what people will say. I'm afraid of failure. What is the antidote? How do we move out of those narrow places? I was incredibly blessed in ways that my fear initially kept me from seeing, because once I found the courage to actually talk about my dream out loud, I experienced the love of family, friends, and people I now call colleagues 
to support me through the long and hard path. In the words of Rabbi Harold Kushner, once again, we move forward by confronting our fears with the knowledge that failure and rejection are not fatal. That people who love me, love me for who I am and what I stand for at my best, not for what I achieve. In addition to finding the love and support of those around us, we move past our fears by cultivating courage and an attitude of hope and possibility. I saw a t-shirt in a store a few years ago that read, what if you knew it would all be okay in the end? What if you knew it would all be okay in the end? What might you do differently? Many of you sitting here today are in healthy relationships, have good jobs, and are happily living in a place you love to call home. Sure, like all of us, you have fears that keep you up at night, but those fears are more prosaic, like the fear of blowing a big presentation or being able to, to afford the vacation you wanted to take this year. And I know for some of you, this is not a year for change, that there are other constraints and possibilities and priorities in your life that need attending to that you don't have the physical or emotional bandwidth right now to take on more than you already have happening in your lives. But I also know from my own personal experiences that many of you here today are stuck and that fear is holding you back. Many of you are suffocating in a bad relationship where your light cannot shine because you are afraid to be alone or because you worry about ever finding someone else. Maybe you are in a job or career that's making you unhappy, where you feel unappreciated, unchallenged, with no room to grow, because you think that's what's expected of you, or you don't know what else to do. Maybe you're sick and tired of living in New York City, but you can't imagine where else to go. Lech Lecha. We spend so much time worrying about how things can go wrong when usually despite, or even because of the obstacles we face, things really do work out okay. Not always, of course. There are bad diagnoses and devastating losses. But breakups and heartbreak can open us up to new love. Job losses and layoffs can open us up to new, better jobs and new careers, some that may even surprise us. Because as I have learned, Time and time and time again, life is full of surprises. How would you live your life differently if you knew it would all be okay in the end? What have you always wanted to do but were afraid to try? Maybe it's writing a novel. Maybe it's moving to Montana. Maybe it's becoming a rock star or a rabbi. Lech lecha. It's the watchword of our people. Yes, it will be scary. It will be hard. It will take strength. It will take courage. Moses knew that when he turned over the mantle of leadership to Joshua to take the Israelites into the promised land. Chazak ve'emetz, he said, be strong and of good courage. And in heeding that call, Joshua forged a new destiny for our people. Think of where we would be today if Joshua or Esther or Abraham hadn't found the courage. Failure is always a risk, but if we don't even try, then failure is certain. Today is Rosh Hashanah. It's the day in the Jewish calendar that reminds us 
that life is brimming over with new possibilities. Hayom harat olam. Today is the day the world was created for each and every one of us to realize our magnificent potential. Chazak be'ametz. Be strong and find courage. We recite daily in Psalm 27 as our, in our high holidays. Chazak be'ametz. It's one of the most essential messages of today. Chazak be'ametz. Confront your fears. Say them out loud. Write them down. Share your secret hopes and dreams with those you love and let them help you move forward. Chazak be'ametz. Be strong and find courage. Because courage is what will enable us to do the unimaginable, to change our lives, to change the world, to fulfill our dreams, and to realize our potential. My wish for all of us this year is that we find the strength and the courage to live fully and courageously in this precious life that is ours. Shana Tova. Thank you for listening to the Park Avenue Synagogue podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and want to learn more about our community, check out PASYN.org. See you in shul. Hallelujah.